I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. As the flu season rages on, India is grappling with the resurgence of COVID cases. The active case count has risen to five thousand three hundred and eighty-nine. Saturday recorded eight hundred cases, which is the highest in one twenty-six days. The surge of new infections is primarily concentrated in four states: Maharashtra, Kerala, Gujarat, and Karnataka. But wait, why is it exactly happening? Well, officials and experts believe. that the current spike in covid cases can be attributed to the flu season in india this seasonal change appears to have facilitated the spread of the virus basically the reduced incidence of flu during the pandemic has created a large pool of individuals with low immunity there's also a new covid variant in the country according to mint the emergence of xbv.1.16 variant has led to a massive 281% increase in covid cases in just a span of 14 days this new strain has been found in a dozen countries and is quickly spreading in india the us brunei and singapore researchers have also noted that xbv.1.16 variant appears to have a competitive edge over the other variants since it is replacing previously dominant strains the severity of this variant is still unknown though However the World Health Organization says that by the end of this year COVID-19 might become just another flu-like threat and may no longer be considered a public health emergency. And speaking of the WHO, the Apex Health Body has also pointed fingers at China, accusing it of keeping crucial information and data under wraps regarding the origin of COVID-19 pandemic. The WHO has expressed displeasure as to why this information was not made public 3 years ago. raising concerns about china's transparency and accountability apparently the material obtained from a market in china where the first human cases of the disease were identified has unveiled a combination of raccoon dog dna and the virus and while there is no immediate cause of concern the indian government has recognized the importance of being proactive in managing the situation Last week the union health secretary urged six states that have seen an increase in covid-19 cases namely Maharashtra Gujarat Telangana Tamil Nadu Kerala and Karnataka to prioritize testing treatment tracking and vaccination Additionally even the IPL folks are playing it safe The authorities have reportedly decided to uphold their existing policy from 2022 which mandates that players who test positive for covid-19 must complete a one week isolation period before they can join their teams again for the next few minutes you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology business policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought hi i'm manaswini and this is the deep dive for 20th march 2023 Switzerland-based UBS has offered to buy its rival Credit Suisse for 1 billion dollars, quotes the Financial Times. This 167-year-old bank was the hot topic of conversation for the government and banking top dogs who were trying to rescue it. To ward off what's looking like the biggest threat to the western financial system since the global financial crisis of 2008 and 2009, top government officials, bankers and billionaires such as Warren Buffett 
are in huddles on both sides of the Atlantic. Apparently, this offer was priced at just a fraction of Credit Suisse's earlier pricing on Friday. It went from 1.88 Swiss francs on Friday to 0.25 Swiss francs as of Sunday. What a steep drop. At the time of recording this podcast, the deal is yet to be officially signed by the two giants, although it looks like Credit Suisse is pushing back on the deal. But let me tell you that this merger, if it goes through successfully, holds significant value considering the string of bank failures following Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. The timing is crazy, right? These failures exposed various loopholes in economic and financial structures that heightened everyone's anxiety. The US, UK and Swiss regulators and governments are working together to keep things from boiling over. Quoting sources in a tweet, Trent Griffin, who used to be a partner at private equity firm Eagle River, claimed that the US government sent a diplomatic cable to the Swiss government asking it to quote-unquote not screw this up. No pressure, no pressure at all, am I right? But how did a top bank like Credit Suisse get embroiled in a banking crisis in the first place? So let me put two and two together here for you. So as you know, Credit Suisse is headquartered in Switzerland and has three main lines of business, investment banking, wealth management, and asset management. And by the way, here's a fun fact. It was actually founded in 1856 to fund the development of Switzerland's railways. Before it shifted to retail banking, it also played a huge role in funding electrification of the country in the aftermath of World War I. It was truly a period of belle epoch for the bank. This was a time where the local political and economic structures were changing and becoming self-reliant. It is now known for its gilt-edged clientele comprising of high net worth individuals and companies. So naturally, it is one of the most prestigious banks in the world. So prestigious that this is one of those banks considered to be too big to fail. Scope-wise, this bank is much larger than Silicon Valley Bank, hence making its fall an even bigger deal. Now coming to the present situation. Needless to say, with its popularity came drama, rivalries and controversies. Mind it, it went through a lot. There were switches in leadership positions and declining confidence among top clients. The most adventurous of them all was when Credit Suisse risked its credibility after getting involved in a major money laundering incident involving the Bulgarian drug trafficking mafia. So much for drama, right? Credit Suisse's current troubles can be traced back to the implosion of Archegos Capital Management which caused the bank $5 billion in trading losses. It began restructuring its investment banking business, withdrawing its lucrative prime services, which was lending to hedge funds. It decided to drop the business at a time when it had nearly a 1,000 clients. And then, its asset management arm suffered a setback when its partner Greensill Capital went bankrupt. That was a $10 billion hit. These were followed by a string of fines and legal charges that collectively ran into billions of dollars. Last week, it reported that there were material weaknesses in its financial reporting. That is nothing but euphemism for massive hole in the balance sheet. Lo and behold, things started spiraling and its shares dramatically plummeted by 30%. Saudi National Bank, which was supporting Credit Suisse through thick and thin, could not help it with more capital because it had hit a legal ownership limits in banks. To deal with this crisis, 
the bank took out a massive 50 million dollar loan from swiss central bank to keep itself afloat but that was still not enough to prevent some of its clients from withdrawing with ubs agreeing to buy the bank for 1 billion dollars credit suisse may yet survive it is being termed as the merger of the century interestingly about 15 years ago swiss taxpayers had to rescue ubs when the bank came close to imploding in the global financial crisis triggered by the collapse of lehman brothers the state had then pumped in 6 billion dollars into ubs and the swiss central bank came up with a 54 billion dollar backstop ubs survived and now with the acquisition of credit suisse it is set to become a behemoth simply too big to fail if you like listening to the signal daily please show us some support rate and review us on apple podcast and spotify we'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast so feel free to shoot an email at hello@theratethesignal.co the signal daily is produced in association with ibm the episode was written researched and produced by akshaya and me manaswini edited by shorbury and dinesh narayanan mastered and mixed by manas and nirvan You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the Signal. Co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. 